Hi, and welcome to episode 67 of Walk to Work. Um, today I'm uh, relaying and answering uh, a questionnaire about uh, white guilt. So this was shared uh, by uh, a person of colour that I follow uh, on uh, Facebook uh, called Ta- Kat Tanaka Kopnik. Um, I contribute to her Patreon. Um, I think that the things she supports, uh, the things she shares are really interesting uh, and the way she talks about them also. Uh, so check her out. And a year ago, and again today as a Facebook memory, she shared uh, a post by Ali Henney, who is uh, a black uh, woman uh, and activist, um, who posted a white fragility self-test. So she defines white fragility, or relays the definition of white fragility as defined by D'Angelo. The result of white racial socialization, a state in which even a minimum amount of racial stress becomes intolerable, triggering a range of defensive moves. These moves include the outward display of emotions such as anger, fear, guilt, and behavior such as argumentation and silence, and leaving the stress-inducing situation. These behaviours, in turn, function to reinstate white racial comfort and status quo. So the idea that um, racism exists as positioned against whiteness, so whiteness is the standard of normal, uh, and um, white having whiteness having superiority over abnormal um, being of colour, um, is uh, the status quo and if uh, whenever discussions are had about white fragility about whiteness people white people act fragile about it um, it kind of uh, deviates the conversation um, into something else making it about us making it about something else and avoiding having uh, any conversation or any um, discussion or thought process that might actually affect that status quo Um, So the question's asked, do I feel defensive when a person of colour says white people? Um, And so I can give my answers to these where I'm at right now and invite you guys to to think about your answers. Um, I mostly don't. I used to. uh, And now I see several things about it that makes it uh, okay for me. Uh, For one, a person of colour saying white people is very different than a white person saying people of colour. I can't actually divest myself of my whiteness, so uh, this generalisation, the feeling that there's a generalisation about white people uh, seems fair to me in that it's something that whiteness is doing, uh, as a lived experience, is doing to people who are black and their lived experiences. Um, So mostly not defensive. Do I feel angry when people tell me that I benefit from white privilege? Uh, I don't think I've ever felt angry. I think the unearned aspect of it cuts both ways, so I didn't earn my white privilege. Um, But in the same way, I don't feel like I um, deserve my white privilege either. Um, And so... Um, pointing out that I benefit from white privilege doesn't seem like something I should feel guilty over and doesn't feel like something I should experience anger uh, about. 
when a person of color talks about race, do I feel defensive because they're describing things that I do or think as racist? Um, defensive, definitely. Like, I think of myself as not doing things that are racist because I grew up thinking I was not racist. So learning that a thing that I do and sort of feel entitled to continue doing might actually be racist, might actually be problematic, um, directly gets me quite um, uh, defensive if it wasn't something that I realized on my own uh, was racist. So I think it's the embarrassment of having it pointed out by somebody else, um, combined with the having to kind of turn it around, uh, sort of maybe I'm being accused of being racist when I'm actually not, uh, in which case I want to be like, am I? And I don't have that reflex of actually believing uh, a person of colour saying, hey, that thing you're doing, it's racist. Do I feel angry or annoyed by the above questions? Um, not anymore. But I do notice that there's been people I've talked to about these kind of questions who may be at different stages in their path or are wanting to pursue a different path. Uh, and they'll be like, oh, Greg, clearly you have a lot of guilt uh, and shame uh, over being white. Maybe that's something you should address with a psychologist or something. Um, and so that's been quite stressful of conversations because I don't actually want to discuss my psychological issues uh, when trying to discuss white privilege with other white people um, and point out possibly where they have white privilege and what maybe we, I, they, we could do about it. Um, do I have a history of embracing or grow up in, growing up in racism that I feel ashamed of and so I need to show people that I'm not racist anymore? Uh, I think I've talked to my dad about my dad quite a bit uh, on this podcast um, and the ways in which um, his racism showed. Uh, and I think I very much, for racism and for other issues, uh, feel like I need to show that both that I am my father's son but also that I'm not, or uh, that I'm not racist in the way that he was racist, uh, and not justifying of my beliefs in general in the way that he was justifying of his beliefs. Um, uh, and so there's definitely a showing that I'm... And also that I, I realised that I grew up having uh, some very racist ideas in spite of thinking that I wasn't racist, so that wasn't uh, something to, that... That's something that I'm keen to show myself that I've improved on. Um, does saying not all white people or similar phrases make me feel better when someone calls out white people, calls white people out for something? Again, that's that lived experience thing. White people have the lived experience of white people. Uh, all white people do. Um, and also, uh, black folks talk about how you make generalizations in black American culture, uh, which is kind of, uh, there's this idea, um, 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 only hurt dogs yelp or something. So if you make a generalization about white people, only white people who that generalization actually applies to should feel concerned. And the general feeling of being generalized about uh, shouldn't be of concern. And I think we had this misplaced idea that racism concerns generalizing about people. Uh, and it, it kind of does, at least prejudice does. 
but that's also it's only a small portion of it and it's not the whole portion uh, and so this tendency that when we're feeling getting generalized about um, as uh, white people that we should feel that as a racist attack uh, I understand where it comes from and it, it still applies to me a little bit and I'm wanting to be like but surely not not me right those are those other the racist ones uh, and so uh, learning um, that not all that not all white people is not a useful statement because it centers me and not all white people is not even a true statement uh, even when I think it is do I expect an apology when I feel like I've been unfairly accused of racism uh, yeah definitely uh, do not like unfair accusations um, don't necessarily want an apology but want an acknowledgement that the thing was unfair and maybe doesn't apply to me um, and I, I see how that's, a, that's an issue and I don't think it's, it's not cropped up very recently um, it's cropped up when I've said or wanted to say things that are transphobic recently or that some people identify as transphobic and I mean I'm like no this is this is a statement of fact that I believe about the world uh, in this case it was a specific person who happened to be trans uh, who I didn't and that the person who was commenting didn't know was trans um, um, was behaving uh, in uh, an inappropriate way um, and they say, and they were anyway. The, the detail is not important. Uh, it transposes. Um, I think I do expect uh, apologies and don't like unfairness, and that there's, there's issues around that. Uh, do I feel better when I say, hear, or read? It's okay to be white. Um, yeah. Uh, sometimes we forget. Like we didn't choose it, uh, and so it has to, at the end of the day, be okay. We can't divest ourselves of it. Um, well, there's no point in apologizing for it we just have to uh, do better and we can't do better 24 hours a day we have to sleep we have to eat we have to feed ourselves we have to pursue the right to, to happiness and all that stuff um, so at that point like our, our existence like the existence of everybody uh, has has to be okay do I try to convince people of colour that they're wrong about racism by pointing out people from their racial group who agree with me? Um, no, I've taken to trying really hard to not uh, disagree with people of a, an oppressed group by pointing out uh, that other people of their oppressed group view the world differently. Um, as a general rule because I don't think those conversations are likely to ever be productive um, but I do uh, experience a lot of uh, difficulty with this idea a believe um, black experiences believe non-white experiences um, and trust them but also uh, people are not homogenous and they don't speak and shouldn't be expected to speak for everybody they should only be uh, be asked to speak for themselves and it means if there are conflicting points of view it's very hard to figure out is there a majority one is there a better one and who do i have that conversation with because uh, having that conversation with other white folks uh, doesn't seem useful but having that conversation with black folks uh, puts on a lot of uh, of uh, demands a lot of labor of them so that's a, a one i, f I find uh, stress about.
Do I feel the need to talk about how hard my ancestors had it when they immigrated or explain my own hardships when a person of colour talks about being oppressed? Mostly not, but there is a relatedness. Um, I, I convey uh, empathy by relating to things that happen in my life. That is one of my styles of conveying empathy and of trying to make people feel heard. And it's a, a, a strategy that sometimes is very effective and sometimes has limited effectiveness. Uh, so I try to explain that my goal is to make people uh, feel understood when uh, I'm talking about that kind of thing. So I grew up in a Swiss village. Um, both my parents are English. That means I will never actually belong to that Swiss village. I never had a chance to belong to that Swiss village. But I do recognize that if I had been black, that would be a different experience altogether. Uh, do I think that racism would go away if people stopped talking about it? No. But again, that's a not anymore. Uh, but clearly it hasn't gone away from people not talking about it. Uh, so it seems like it's unlikely as it would. Does being told that something I say, think, do or otherwise value is racist make me want to shut down, leave, or express, express my discomfort slash displeasure in some way? Um, yeah, like sometimes that is a conversation and a thought process that I want to uh, opt out of like blues dancing at some point at the end of the day I get a lot of pleasure out of blues dancing or whatever it is that I actually do that I call blues dancing and I want to continue doing that thing and I want to not have to think about it um, and I see how that's difficult do I feel the need to state that I have friends family who are people of color when someone accuses me of racism definitely in the past I have and I think it's gotten to the point where it's really poorly seen when people do that so I don't do it not because I want to well part of it is because I don't have friends and family who are people of color by and large with a few exceptions but mostly don't um, and part of it is knowing that that's not going to buy me any points with anyone sensible um, but it's more it's social convention not to do that anymore than it is uh, me uh, understanding fundamentally that that's not a way to make conversation do I feel the need to prove that I'm not racist? Yes. I mean, mostly because also I am. Uh, like, in some cases, the first explanation I will go to for people's behavior is uh, their race and thinking, oh, they can't help it. They grew up in a poor black neighborhood, so that's why they don't speak properly. Um, or... Uh, and in... in uh, Europe cultural differences have really strongly expressed along uh, linguistic uh, and nationality based lines and so I'll go looking for those explanations um, and some of those explanations and things are profoundly racist uh, uh, and so to prove to myself that I'm able to not be racist uh, where I have internalized uh, prejudice is quite a challenging one. Do I feel that my opinions and perspectives about race should be given equal weight to that of a person of colour that I have something unique and important to contribute to the race conversation and or that it's unfair to be told to listen more than I speak? Um, I like to speak, clearly. That's why I have a podcast, right? Um, and I also tend to think that I think about things better than other people do. 
Uh, so that's going to be a problem uh, in general when interacting with other people, right? Like um, some people appreciate it and some people think I'm a massive frat who should shut up. Um, yeah. Uh, and so, but I'm very conscious of how that affects how I talk about race and that's kind of things that I've been changing uh, from doing this podcast without actually outside feedback, but just thinking, hey, is the way that I'm centering my voice in this podcast appropriately, appropriate? And so that's why I think it's really important um, for white people to have conversations about race and about how they experience their white privilege and what they do about it because I shouldn't demand that work of people of colour. But at the same time, it's pointless to have those conversations in a, in a vacuum. Uh, there has to be exposure to opinion from people of colour that is going to be massively more important and more valuable than anything I or other white people come up with together in our own brains. 16. Do I feel the need to defend myself on any of the above points in the comments section? Haha, <laughs> so i just done a whole podcast about it. Um, I don't think any of it is defending myself. Like, where I have negative behaviours, I don't think I have any defence. Um, but I do think it's valuable to share where I'm at with it. Um, and to defend that it is a process, and that I can be imperfect. Uh, imperfect both in state, imperfect in current trajectory and destination, uh, imperfect in other ways. Um, and to share that and to talk about these imperfections. But again, not with the goal of saying, oh, everyone's imperfect, it's all fine. Uh, but to say, hey, if you're consistently imperfect along these lines, day in, day out, you're going to harm people and you need to stop doing that. Uh, so that's to me and to myself, yeah. So, uh, the, uh, Ali says, if you, fe if you answered yes to any of these questions, you are dealing with white fragility. Take time to reflect on why you feel that the way that you do. Take time to listen to different perspectives. White fragility is a hindrance to racial healing because it prevents people of colour from being able to engage white people in honest conversation without also having to bear the burden of catering to white people's emotional comfort. So the thing, uh, maybe saying the same thing in different words, not better words, but just checking that I've understood what I understand there is saying... If a black person is generous enough to talk to you about, as a, person, as a white person uh, about racism, one of the ways to acknowledge that generosity is to be very careful not to expose your white fragility. Don't make it about them coddling you. Uh, uh, don't turn it around so that they have to comfort you about being white. And why would they do that unless you're um, showing your white fragility? At its worst, white fragility can cause an emotionally unhealthy situation for people of colour because of racial power dynamics and the weight of being responsible for white folks' feelings while not having space to express our own. There is also the weight that comes with people that you care about lashing out at and abusing you, verbally, emotionally and or digitally. If we cannot talk honestly about the issues, then we cannot make progress. And with that, I think I will close it. Uh, let me know um, if any of those questions uh, raised uh, points for you. Um, don't get too defensive about it, but uh, if you are feeling defensive, like please uh, private message me and we can have a chat about it. Uh, I will see you next week. And until then, take care. <laughs>